It's time for another edition of the Fast Podcast. You just never know exactly where we're going to go with this thing. Sometimes we're talking about sports. Sometimes we're talking about local history. Today, very interesting subject to me, and this is something that I really knew little to nothing about until a couple of weeks ago, and that is vaping. Of course, until 10 years ago, it was even not an industry. It really, vaping has, has just blown up over the last 10 years or so, but within the last Six months to a year, the narrative has changed a lot. And I had a chance to talk to Tim Champagne with Troposphere to get into the nuts and bolts of what's happened to the industry, what's going on, why why the bad PR. And and I wanted to visit with Tim a little bit and, and share some information. Tim, first of all, thanks for taking the time to, to do the podcast. And thanks for sitting down with me last week and, and really kind of giving me the ABCs of vaping from its beginnings 10 years or so ago to where we are today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Bass, uh, especially now with all of the uh, the bad press on vaping, uh, I, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to kind of give our side of the story and, and what's really going on with the news media and, and the bad press. And, you know, we can talk about the, the good things about vaping as well. So so you you stepped into this business, which was kind of like, I don't know, it's like, working your way to the North Pole as the first guy to ever get there. It's like you really kind of got into this industry, which was which was a blossoming new business. What got you into this? Well, I guess uh, around 2015 when the, when the oil field took a crash, I had just quit smoking with uh, something called vaping. Uh, I, was, I was introduced to vaping probably in 2011 when it had first, really started in in the Lafayette area uh, vaping started about 2008 but I had tried it first in like 2011 and and it really wasn't enough to to get me off of smoking uh, I mean I was a two pack a day for 20 year smoker and and I was looking for something that could could help me to, to get rid of the cigarettes I mean uh, all of my life I was told smoking's bad both of my parents, you know, died of cancer, um, and and I was looking for a way to improve the way I felt. Uh, smoking two packs a day, I, I could barely breathe. I had wheezing, coughing, you know, and and I was looking for something better. So in 2011, I I, I found vaping and and I tried it, and the technology just wasn't good enough. Um, you know, vaping was was invented by Chinese pharmacists years ago and then it was kind of tweaked and changed when the, the American consumer base got a hold of it and and they put technology into it and uh, you know as things progressed the the vaping devices got better finally about 2015 Louisiana was going through another tax hike on cigarettes and and I told my wife, I said, I'm quitting April 1st when the taxes go up. And, you know, of course, she told me, yeah, I've heard that before. Um, but I, I got my hands on a better device in, in 2015 and picked it up, tinkered with it for a while and quit smoking the next week. I, I haven't picked up a cigarette since 2015. And then with the downturn in the oil field, I was unemployed for about eight months. So started looking into trying to put myself to work and, and kind of fell into the vaping industry because it had changed my life so much 
um, kind of looked into opening up a vape shop because uh, I was looking for, you know, as a 48, 49 year old man, I was kind of out of my realm going to the local vape shops back then. Um, I felt old, so I wanted to build a, a more comfortable setting for for middle-aged smokers to come into my, my business plan was you know where a, a female 50 year old school teacher could come into our our shop and comfortably talk about quitting smoking and and offering better devices and that's really where we started with the whole troposphere industry or shop well and and i will say right here that technically by letter of the law and how how this product is is marketed and and how it is allowed to, I guess, to exist. Part of the part of the the rules, I guess, say it cannot be officially promoted as a device or means of quitting smoking. Even though we could say it's just a byproduct, but it has done that not only in your case, but the case of many. But again, the the industry by letter of the law can't be sold that way, can it? No, I can't make any health claims, you know, as a, as a store owner or a vape shop owner. We can't make any health claims because it, it, it hasn't medically been proven that vaping stops you from smoking. Right. Um, you know, so it's, it's more of a, a straight tobacco product where, where it is now with the FDA. Um, the FDA took over regulating uh, vape products in 2016. Um, so we still can't make any health claims because it's, uh, you know, it's not a proven device through their scientific data that shows that people have quit smoking. Now, there's been other research on the market that, that does say that vaping actually works better, you know, um, than the nicotine patch or gum. Those, those, there has been some, some scientific data based on that, but still it's not been FDA approved to, to use those type of uh, terms and, it, and it, w- it would bring you into a whole different category i guess if uh, if we uh if we were if that i guess if that door was opened it would be a whole different set of testing and rules and regulations and even almost a whole di- different division of the food and drug administration that you would be dealing with at that point yeah it would go more into the pharmaceutical side to where it would have to be prescribed um and and doctor supervised right but let, so let's just say now as a recreational, you know, as a recreational device, just like you can look at cigarettes and pipes and cigars and, and what have you as as oral fixation, the whole thing that goes along with smoking that is much more than just putting something into your body. Vaping has its own place now. And over the last few years, in particular over the last six months to a year, there's been a huge swing in the narrative and the press and PR about vaping when it comes to the negative side of it. And there's a lot more to that story than meets the eye, correct? Correct. There's, there's, you know, as with the, the growth of vaping and, and the legalization of marijuana in some states, um, you know, vaping has kind of been the, the device itself, the vapor device, can be used for different um uses right um the you know pretty much in 2016 the fda said there could be no new devices on the market so the the technology kind of had to stop at 2016 but it allowed other industries to use the 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 devices that were already made for let's say vaping e-liquids or or um uh, nicotine products flavored nicotine products um 
and they've they've customized uh, THC oils into vapable uh, cartridges for the dispensary uh, market in California and the legal states. And then, you know, when you legalize something like marijuana in some states and not in other states, of course, it's going to create a black market and you're always going to have pirated or or um, tainted products hit the streets from from drug dealers in the back alleys. Um, the, the all of the um, latest news that's been on on the, the, the TV and the radio and everything else um, all of those cases have been pretty much tied to THC, illicit THC, black market THC products. Um, the CDC showing 80 percent of their results shows THC products. Um, and they're not saying 100 percent because it's, it's all based off of self-reporting. So it's whatever the patient tells them. So a lot of the, the people getting sick from these products are, are under 18 years of age, Um Maybe they're pressured, their schools, whatever. They're scared to get in trouble. They're not going to say that they're using illicit black market THC products. Um, so vaping is getting blamed for the for the whole part of it. So we are doing the fast podcast today. Lucky enough to have Tim Champagne from Troposphere Lafayette's premier vaporium, giving us kind of the ins and outs of of where the the vaping industry is right now. So. Going back to this this subject of, of the black market products, I mean, look, let's face it. In the world of marijuana, there's also synthetic marijuana, and we've heard the horror stories about that on its own, not related to vaping. So now, when you've got these products out there that are not regulated, totally not regulated, they're against the law, when you've got this out there being combined with a relatively new product that's in a very competitive industry – it was easy for the narrative to change to make it that it was vaping that was the evil where in most cases so far it has been related to products that are not approved, not authorized, and not even allowed to be on the market used in combination with the vapes that are causing the issues. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, the, the government really being an unregulated product, I mean, there's not much they can do for it except tell you not to buy illicit THC cartridges. So there's not a whole lot of, of you know, media been being told on that, which I believe, you know, that mass media should be focused on what's actually causing the issue, what's making people sick, what's, what's actually killed 32 people, um, you know, what's the exact problem that way you can tell people. The, the big scare with coming out on, on mass media and saying vaping is hurting people, what's happening is it's causing the people that have been using nicotine vapor products, the stuff that's bought in vape shops you know, nationwide that they've been using for 10 years and nothing's ever happened to them, they're, they're getting scared away from their vaping products and they're, they're returning back to combustible cigarettes or they're, they're assuming that they can keep on vaping their marijuana products and when you know it's if if we could get a true definite you know warning from the cdc instead of you know kind of grayish areas of concern uh it would give more people a warning as to what they need to be looking out for you know vaping has has helped millions of people in the u.s you know we're we're looking anywhere between 10 and 13 million people have quit smoking vaping um 
you know, don't scare them to a point that they're going to return back to a combustible product that we know kills 1,300 people a day already. Um, you know, right. So the nar- the narrative changed quickly. It became a it went from a hey this this is a novel concept though the the government won't say it it will you know help you quit smoking for many people it has so if it's something you're interested in it's legal you can get it you can go to a vape shop and get and get the products and and try it for yourself now all of a sudden there was a very negative spin on the entire thing where there are only segments of it that really are the problem correct correct and this this kind of fits the narrative because there is some other issues um you know we do have a uh, underage vaping um crisis right now it's, and that's where i was going to go next with this that was what i was going to ask you about if i'm 16 and i walk into troposphere I, i'm not going to be able to get a product but that isn't it isn't happening everywhere is it nope um you know I, I just looked at the data for louisiana um in the last year the the atc has done almost four um 7400 inspections on on retail facilities that sell tobacco um <clears throat> you know there was over 1100 uh, infractions you know and this is their their stings that they go out and check retail establishments sure. there was there was only four vape shops on the list um everything else was convenience stores and that's that's what happens when you put these type of vaping devices in in convenience stores and gas stations the 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 person behind the counter is is not going to be as as educated or or looking uh, checking IDs as much as a vape shop would. Well, think um, th- think about it from this angle. And, and again, we this is not meant to be negative toward convenience stores or whatever. But but look at it this way: a, a, a liquor store, like you, you have a, a a specialty store that sells wine and cu- craft beers and and custom custom blends of liquors and whatever. They are going to be much more um, critical and much more careful with a customer making a purchase that looks like they might be underage as opposed to somebody who's selling oil and chips and cookies and crackers and soft drinks. Oh, and they they happen to sell beer and wine too. So th- that's their whole livelihood. So flip that narrative around to a vape shop or a smoke shop. So t- take a specialty cigar shop, let's say. They're going to be much more careful as well when it comes to checking IDs and making pe- sure people are above board in the correct age as opposed to somebody who throws down a pack of cigarettes with a bag of ruffles and a can of Coke. Sure, that, that, that is true. They're just moving moving product through as quick as they can. It's a convenience store. It's it's not a, not a specialty shop. And, and, and your, your, your whole thing is based on getting it right because you don't have other things to sell if you can't sell your vape products anymore, you're out of business. That's what you do. So you are very careful, as are, I'm sure, most people that are specialty stores like you in this industry to make sure you're not selling the miners. That's correct. That's correct. And that's that's what this, this whole um, flavor ban thing that's going on right now, uh, you know, with the, with the, the increased usage of, of underage users, um, you know, President Trump came out with banning flavors a while back and and pretty much told the whole industry he was gonna gonna ban flavors and and this whole industry knows that if if flavors are gone the whole industry is pretty much gone um people start vaping because of the flavors um adults like flavors adults want to have something um 
their nicotine vices. I mean, you're always going to have vices, coffee, nicotine, caffeine, whatever it might be. But I mean, if you're, if you're changing from smoking to vaping, most of the success falls is because you get the tobacco taste out of your mouth. Um, you, you lose the, the taste for tobacco. You still have the nicotine addiction you're dealing with, but you can, with the vaping devices we sell, you can regulate those nicotine devices down, you know, incrementally down to zero and quit vaping eventually. And, and that's part of the, the, the vaping. The good thing about vaping is with, you know, with cigarettes, you can't taper down your nicotine. Um, with, with vape, vapor devices, you can. And, and one of the first things we try and do is get people to switch away from tobacco to where they get the taste of tobacco out of their mouth. With the government talking about banning flavors, that's going to take that right out of the picture, and it's going to leave the, the smoker with the tobacco taste in their mouth, and the, 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 the want for, for a cigarette is always going to be there because they'll have the taste of tobacco. So, you know, so this is kind of redirecting their taste buds and their and – their, their, I'll say their addiction, but but redirecting their desire and need for part of the product to at least get the other part removed so that they, they maybe eventually step away. Correct, correct. And that's the way I did it. I mean, I started vaping with a strawberry milkshake flavor, and, and you know, within a week, put the cigarettes down and continued vaping. And now I've lowered my, my nicotine levels down to a, a, a three milligrams of nicotine, which is hardly nothing. Um, the you know with the with the flavor ban scare, what why it would put the industry out is is like these specialty vape shops. That's ninety percent of the market is the is the the flavored e liquids. Um, the bad thing is 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 the government's trying to say that the flavors is what's attracting kids, um, and and. I don't feel the same way. I disagree with their their what they're looking at there because you know for, from an adult side, flavors adults like flavors too. I mean, if, if we wouldn't have so many restaurants if people didn't like flavors. But with with the nicotine products, having that different flavor is what attracts the adults and what keeps them vaping. Now, the 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 thing that's a, attracting the kids these days is is the incorporation of a new product that is just happens to be sold in convenience stores and gas stations but it's a, a very high nicotine product and the underage users that are using this product and that was the biggest increase of use was with that one product was because of the nicotine level that these things come with the the, the underage users are using them to get a buzz Kind of like the synthetic marijuana thing, they're getting a the buzz off of the nicotine, and that's why they've become so popular. <clears throat> and and really, they're not supposed to have the products in the first place. No, no. If we had better enforcement on the laws we have in place, we wouldn't have the issue. Um, I'm sure the state of Louisiana is going to go for a, a Tobacco 21 uh, this congressional session, um, <clears throat> and. I mean, there's a whole lot of positives with the Tobacco 21. It, it takes that straw purchase away, you know, because now in high school you still have seniors that are 18 years old, so they can legally go buy the product, and then they go back to school and they sell it to their friends or their little brothers. Or, you know, at least if, if the age is increased to 21, it takes away that, that, that straw purchase of somebody that's still in high school, you know, um, at eight at 18 and and hopefully that'll change the the industry a little bit because we want to keep this product on the market for 
the 40 million adult smokers that haven't found vaping yet to try and get off of cigarettes and give the vaping industry time to prove itself that it could be used as a cessation product. And eventually, it would probably fall under a different category in the FDA. And in you guys, at, at some point, if it, if it is able to withstand kind of the, the battle that it's in right now, maybe there would be an opportunity for the government to come in and say, you know what, we've seen enough cases over X amount of time, people doing research on this. It is working out to be an effective, proven method for, for many people, maybe not for everybody, but for just, just like the patch doesn't work for everybody, for many people to be able to get themselves off of tobacco products. Sure, sure. Like uh, Europe, Europe has completely rolled its whole policies over to vaping as their number one cessation thing in Europe now. Europe just added vaping or vape shops into their hospitals wow. to get, their, get the visitors, you know, off of cigarettes and get their patients off of cigarettes. That's that's how much they've jumped into it. Now, the, the lung illnesses and the deaths have only happened in America. It's an, it's an American thing. It's not a worldwide thing. And that's, that's one of the issues that you're not hearing on the TV or on the news, you know, is it's only here that this is happening. And again, uh, it's related to the black market products as opposed to the above board, over the counter legal products. Correct. Yeah. All of the products we have, they're all registered with the FDA. All of their ingredient listings, recipes are turned into the FDA. The FDA knows that legal nicotine flavored nicotine products are not what's killing people or not what's hurting people you know because they know exactly what's in it vaping liquid has has four ingredients it's got propylene glycol it's got vegetable glycerin it's got food grade flavorings and it's got nicotine if you want nicotine or not and that's the only thing that goes in 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 legal e-liquids um so all of those products are water-based, synthetic, um, water-soluble um, liquids. And, and with vaping, this is what's causing the lung injury is with the marijuana products, they're incorporating oils into the vaporizer. It's a, a vitamin E acetate oil that they're using as a cutting agent to, to grow their profits with the, with the marijuana oils that they have. They're adding this vitamin E acetate to make it go further to where they make more money on the black market selling their products. So that, that is kind of the, the, the devil in the whole thing. That is the devil in the whole thing. And, and it's, brought, it's brought up some other concerns with pesticides and things like that in some of the products that are being found um, in California and some of the legal states. is um, They're finding some pesticides from the marijuana side of it. That's causing some issue as well. But most of the, you know, I'd say 90% of the, the, the cases that they have is from a, a product called vitamin E acetate. And it's, a, it's an oil-based diluent is what they use it for. And, uh, you know, so and then they're seeing it with the, the THC products. They're seeing it with some of the CBD products. And they're seeing it with some of the synthetic marijuanas even back now in a vapable form uh, on the black market. So we're talking to Tim Champagne from Troposphere in Lafayette, uh, two shops also in, in Scott. And we're talking about where 
vaping is today. It, it, it was in its infancy. To me, it's still in its infancy. If it can get past this stage, it may have a long life. And this is kind of a tricky place right now. But 2008, it really kind of hit the market. It took a little while to develop uh, as, as, a, as a, a formidable foe to tobacco here in the United States. And has kind of gotten its way into the marketplace now and is, is going through a process of some negative stories. Some are certainly legitimate stories but maybe not related to legitimate vaping and that that's kind of where when when tim when you and i sat down last week I, my mind was blown I, I had no idea what was happening versus what was out there again the, the narrative is is one thing and it's a fraction of the true and total story so we're trying to kind of get again i'm not here to tell you to vape i'm not here to tell you to smoke or not to smoke or whatever but, but to kind of give you a little bit more information than you're going to get just in a two-minute story on the nightly news. And I, and I think Tim is, has done a lot of research. Obviously, you researched it before you got into the business. You continue to research it. You know your products. You know who you're dealing with. But you're also involved in trying to help the industry to grow past this. I know you recently were in Washington, D.C., meeting with, with folks there, learning more and educating them at the same time. Yeah, I've you know I've been off here all my life, and 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 I've never, I've never learned so much about politics and and <laughs> lawmaking until I got into this business. <laughs> it's it's been a it's been a you know we've only been open almost four years now, but it's been you know one of the most challenging four years of my life, just trying to keep up with uh, getting through regulation and understanding policy and 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 actually getting involved with with uh, with lawmaking, you know. People don't realize how important their voice is with these lawmakers. You elect them into office, and they're there to work for you. You have to be vocal as to which way you want, you know, which laws you're you supporting or not supporting. And and people that just sit back, don't vote, don't, you know, let their voice be heard. Yeah, of course, our everything's going to feel like you're getting stomped on. <laughs> but you know, this is this is worth the fight for me i mean this industry is worth the fight because me personally i've seen the the benefits of what vaping has done for my my health personally you know um no i can't sell it based on health claims but you know i have hundreds of customers that can can tell you how how much it's helped them as well and i know that Um, people people that are mm -hmm. that are wanting to try will try hypnosis they will try the patch they will try the gum they will try replacing the oral fixation by chewing on a stick. I mean, they'll do whatever they can if they feel like it's their time to quit and it's just easier said than done. So one more avenue to have available to people, even if it's not the number one selling point of it or legally can't be the marketable point of it, certainly for people that are, I'll say desperate, that are really eager to quit, another opportunity and another option certainly that that is viable should be available. Sure. I think it should be available for sure. Um, you know, it's just turned into a, a huge political thing now that, that, that President Trump mentioned it. Um, you know, another 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 issue that's happening with the vaping industry is I don't believe that the government ever thought vaping would get so popular in the, in the nation. Um, with the increased use of vapor devices and electronic cigarettes is the, the, the decrease in tobacco sales. And, and our government has uh, pretty much budgeted, you know, their year on, on what they're going to make on tobacco. And, and a lot of people don't know about that, you know. Um, 
we have uh, huge tobacco sales in the United States that attributes to hundreds of billions of dollars in the budget of the federal government. Um, with the with the decreased use of, of combustible cigarettes, those those figures have come down, and there is some states that that um, you know they budget their their year on based off of off of tobacco money, um, and and their tobacco money has has dropped off. You know the last three years especially has dropped off considerably, um, and and a lot of these states have have tobacco bonds that are coming due in uh in 2020 and because their tobacco sales have gone down they might not be able to make their their tobacco bond payments so there's a, there's a lot of issues that that you don't hear on the news and a, a lot of politics that are in that it's involved in in tobacco that you know people should look into because you know if if for us if they take the flavored e-liquids away from us that's 90 percent of our businesses that's going to be 17 16 17 thousand small businesses in the united states that'll be shut down you know it's like 166,000 jobs across the nation where people's going to be shut down and you're going to have 10 to 13 million vapors go back to smoking combustible cigarettes which helps the federal government because their tobacco sales go up but it doesn't help the health of of and well-being of the the residents of the United States and then that's my main focus you know we want to be able to still offer and still help people stop smoking if they want to stop smoking or at least have the opportunity to try this to see if it works for them though you can't claim that it does maybe they'll find that it does and to have it available right. is again another option for them but think about it, it it's like the the and I'll be anecdotal here it's kind of like the push to to go to electric cars but how much of each state and and the country's revenue tax revenue is based on fuel taxes so if all of a sudden you remove gasoline from the world it's not just hey that's great for mother earth and we're not going to be drilling but how much money that is counted on because sales taxes are projections for income for a government. And all of a sudden, if you're like, well, we're just not going to have gas vehicles anymore. Nobody, I don't think anybody's wrapped the, their heads around the idea of all that revenue just drying up. So in a, in, a, in, a, in a way, what's happening with tobacco and all of the taxes that are on cigarettes, and again, fair enough, I'm, a, I'm not opposed to vice taxes. I mean, you don't have to smoke. So if you want to smoke and you're willing to pay the piper, so to speak, then fair enough. But what's happening here is look over here while we do this over there. And I think that is something that you're just trying to bring light to. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to bring light to the real story here. It's not the the, the nicotine vaping products that are hurting people. These have been on the market almost 13 years now. No deaths, no sicknesses, you know, with with regular nicotine vaping liquids all of a sudden in the last you know six months we start getting these these lung issues and and it's getting blamed on the wrong industry um and 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 the vaping industry is is really taking a toll because of it just because of of the 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 media tim shawpine on the line the owner of troposphere lafayette's premier vaporium with location on Kali saloon and also uh, location in Scott, just off I-10 at the uh, at the Scott exit there. And, and Tim, before we wrap up here on the Fast Podcast, and again, thanks so much for doing this, let me ask you, I know that May of 2020 is kind of this, 
this beacon, like a lot of changes, a lot of uh, of industry, vaping industry uh, deadlines and, and, and thresholds are going to come in, in 2020. What What's going to happen in May and, and where do you see this industry going in the next 12 months? Yeah, well, in 2016, whenever the FDA took over the, the vaping industry and started regulating the vaping industry, they gave a, a deadline of, of August of 2018 all of your pre-market tobacco application and that's that's the paperwork you have to turn into the 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 fda as a manufacturer of tobacco products that that shows that you've done the testing all of the the submissions are in the health testing uh secondhand testing all of that stuff is done and it's part of the pre-market tobacco application um that's turned into the fda well when when the the last FDA director was in place, he didn't feel that that was enough time, so he extended it to 2022 um, to give the industry a little more time to get it all together. Well, that just changed again, and and herein lies another problem uh, with lawsuits and everything else is they keep changing the the date. Now the newest date is May of 2020. If these products don't have their pre-market tobacco application into the FDA, they're going to have to come off the market. Um, so, you know, May 2020 could be the, 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 the end of vaping, you know, as we know it. You know, if, if, if no flavor bans or no changes are, are done now with uh, what the government's currently working on or what the FDA is currently working on, May of 2020 is going to be the, the, the decision maker of it all. Now, we do have some manufacturers that are going to go through and turn in some pre-market tobacco applications. But the problem is, is all of the manufacturers in this industry, the vaping industry, is all small businesses. Big Tobacco has bought into some of these companies, and they're the, the, the companies like Juul or Blue E-Cigs or Views. Those are owned by Big Tobacco. Those guys can afford the, the millions of dollars to put it through the pre-market tobacco application. But for the, the thousands of, of, of small manufacturers of most of the products that we sell in our store are small manufacturers. Um, we don't buy anything from any of the big tobacco manufacturers um, because to me that just goes against everything I, I was trying to do. But um, these small manufacturers, you know, they don't have the, the, the $2 million per product, per SKU to go through the pre-market tobacco application. So um, we're hoping that some regulatory relief um, comes through. Uh, with the FDA's newest guidance uh, that they're working on, um, but yeah, it's gonna the, the vaping industry is definitely the whole landscape is gonna change of, of, of spring next year. Well, and, and you know, I want to say here as as we visit a, a couple of things, I, I'll invite you back. I'd love to to visit in the spring, maybe maybe March or April, as as the deadline is looming. If it doesn't change between now and then, and, and kind of get an update on what's happening and, and what vendors that you work with that are going to make the deadline and are, are, are most of them not going to even try. And I'd like to get an update if you're willing to do that, maybe, you know, March or April of, uh, of 2020. Sure. And, and, you know, the FDA, I mean, the, the, the pre-market tobacco application was put in place back in, in the nineties when the, when the tobacco master settlement agreement or was, was written, um, 
and and it was pretty much put in place to, to protect the, the, the tobacco companies. So they had no competition come onto the market. So with vaping, I mean, um, the, the big gamble is it costs millions of dollars to get each product through the testing to get to the pre-market tobacco application. Then it's submitted to the FDA, and, I mean, it either passes or it don't. And when when you have that 50-50 gamble, you know, uh, I don't know how many of the manufacturers can actually take that kind of a a, a chance. So it's going to be the larger manufacturers. And, and, and what we're hoping doesn't happen is Big Tobacco is going to be the only one that gets through this process because Big Tobacco is Big Tobacco. They've been in business forever, and it's all about, you know, making money for them. At least with the small guys, the small vape shops and small manufacturers, there there is still some care in the world that people trying to, to get people off of combustible tobacco. Well, and let me let me ask you a question real quick, and, and, and this might be a hole. I might open up a can of worms here that I, I really don't want to deal with, but but I do want the answer to this because I we talked about this a little bit. So I'm all for whatever whatever can is deemed legal to be available to whoever. I am not a person that says cigarettes should be banned. I'm not a person that says cigars or pipe tobacco or vaping. I'm like, you make your own decisions if you're a grown-up. As far as kids, that's a whole nother deal. But let me ask you something. This came up in a conversation we had, and I did not know this. And I bet you most people that are listening to this podcast today have no idea that a part of the master settlement with big tobacco, that lawsuit that happened, I guess, wrapped up in the nineties, uh, was, was, a, a ended up being a class action lawsuit for people that had cancer. And there was these billions of dollars in settlements and that are being divvied up. However, they're being divvied up. But part of the agreement was that cigarettes would never be deemed illegal in the United States. Is that correct? That is correct. Cigarettes can never be taken off of the market. I had no idea that was a thing. So that is a real true agreement between the government and Big Tobacco. Yep, we'll agree to settle for billions of dollars and we'll do what we can to to make products available for people to, to quit smoking. Of course, we'll own those too, but okay, whatever. So that's all part of the settlement. But in there is a line that says Big Tobacco can never, or tobacco smoking can never be deemed illegal in the u.s that's correct yeah um and that's that, a mind that, blower that, to me yeah there's a, a a big argument when when people are watching tv and they see vaping's killing people and tobacco's hurting people and nicotine's you know this or that everybody always question that well why don't they just take cigarettes off the market well they can't you know it's it, cigarettes are there forever it's a it's a huge money maker for the country it's it's a huge money maker for worldwide uh, especially in in countries you know there is some countries that don't allow electronic cigarettes and and usually the countries that that have those laws own the tobacco company tobacco producers uh, sure <laughs> right right like india india is one of the biggest you know they they own the tobacco company so they'll never let electronic cigarettes into their market because it's competing against their their number one money maker um but yeah um the master settlement agreement was 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 something and that's when tobacco had to quit um, advertising on tv and and all of that type of stuff that was part of the agreement um and and that's where people get confused vaping industry was created by small businesses they were consumers trying to get off of 
off of combustible tobacco and pretty much designed the electronic cigarette and, and to what it is today. Um, it was not made by big tobacco and, and, um, that, that falls into a problem. I mean, the United States doesn't like grassroots efforts to, to, to solve anything. They always want to deal with corporations. Yeah. It's, it's I, I hate to say it's the American way, but it, it, it kind of is the, the American yeah. way. Sometimes it's beneficial and sometimes it's, it's a negative. And in this case, it probably does more harm than good for the, for the template to be laid out that way. Correct. You know, because, because vaping has definitely put a toll, I mean, on tobacco. Tobacco is at an all time low right now. I mean, the, the youth tobacco usage, youth in, uh, smoking rates are the lowest they've ever been in history. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the smoking rates across the board are the lowest they've ever been in history um, right now. And, and I'm not going to say it's because of vaping, but vaping has played a very big part of it. Um, <clears throat> wow. The times they are changing, I guess, as Bob Dylan would say. And, and again, is it going to be the thumb of, 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 um, of the man going to come down and say, I'm sorry, you just can't do this. This is, this is going to, we're just going to do away with this industry. It's not what we thought it would be, or will it be able to survive? This is going to be an interesting six months to a year, uh, to see, to see how this industry weathers this storm. And, and that was why I thought it would be interesting to have this point of view and this information available on the podcast, because I didn't really know a lot about it. I don't. I, I, I was a pack-a-day smoker for, for many, many years and was fortunate enough to be able to, to kind of stop on my own years ago. About 15 years ago, I just kind of walked away from it. But I'm not a guy that says banned cigarettes, even though now I know they can't be banned. I, and, and I'm not a, a negative vape guy. I also don't vape. So I just thought, wow, who would know this whole story if nobody tells them? And so I hope that we, we're having this platform here today to at least – make people aware will open the door to, to concern citizens maybe stepping up people that are using vaping with success stepping up and like you said speaking out and let me ask you tim if people wanted to stop by the store go to your website whatever can, how, how do they get in touch with you again it, it's troposphere it's lafayette's premier vaporium i know you guys have two locations and and you're, you're part of the community you're a tax-paying citizen you're a business that contributes and and you're you're doing the good fight but if people want to learn more i'm sure you're willing to talk to them sure we're you know all of our employees are very educated uh in in vaping um i mean these guys have, have been vaping for years they've, they've grown with the industry so they can pretty much answer most of the questions if i'm not around but yeah we do have two locations i mean we have a website got a lot of information on it as well it's uh dash vapors.com uh, you can go there it's got both of the the maps to eat either store the one on collie saloon 3524 collie saloon uh, road or 806 uh, south i-10 frontage road in, in scott yeah our employees are very well versed on all of the products we sell or legal products because i know they're using that term on the news uh, that vaping is illegal uh, vaping nicotine products that we have in our store is legal and it is all registered with the fda all right well and we look we appreciate you taking the time and I'll, i will speak from experience of being in the store and talking to 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 your employees look mom dad if you're trying to buy the uh this product for your kids 
Um, that's not the place to do this. I mean, you guys are really adamant about being above board, following the rules, making sure that this isn't getting in the hands of 13 and 14 and 15 year old kids because of the misuse and the dangers associated with the products that are aftermarket, black market, behind sure. the building in the dark of night in somebody's trench coat. You guys are doing this the right way, and you're trying to fight for an industry that, when handled correctly, you feel has its own place in not only in Acadiana but the whole world. Yes, it does. I, you know, and that's that's the reason I stayed in this fight. I mean, if I was in it for the money, we'd have, we'd have backed out of it a long time ago because there's just not not no money there. But <laughs> but um, we're in it because of of what I've seen it do. I mean, there's never a better day than a customer coming in the store and telling me, "Hey, I quit smoking." That that is the best day ever, you know. And and having that available for people, that's why we do it. Well, we appreciate you taking the time today, and, and I appreciate all your knowledge. I mean, it's fascinating to learn some things about some things I feel ashamed that I didn't already know, and then other things that are changing, you know, so quickly right before our eyes, and you're you're on top of it, and you're involved in it, and, and informed, and sharing the information with me was uh, certainly beneficial to me, and I, I hope that putting you, uh, putting you uh, on this platform here with the Fast Podcast and giving you the ability to share it and, and let people know kind of the other side of the narrative, we're glad we had you on today. And, and again, if things work out and, and we get some more information as we get closer to the spring of next year, maybe before May, l- let's visit again, okay? Sure. Sounds good, Fast. Thank you for, for taking the time. You got it, Tim. Thank you again. That's Tim Champagne, Troposphere Lafayette's premier Vaporium. You've been listening to a very unique and different edition of the Fast Podcast.